What else has Liam Lynch directed? Nothing. Who? Oh, uh, Liam Lynch, he directed this He's movie. He's a music video director, Jackson. He He's, did Simple and Ollie. I, I know Simple what he and Ollie. I looked it Simple up. Simple and Ollie show. Nobody remembers that, because I'm old, and apparently I was the only one that had cable in their oldness. He and also like directed 24. Sarah Silverman, Jesus' Magic. So. Do you guys not remember the United States of whatever? Oh, I, I have I no idea that. what you're talking about either. That's Liam so. Lynch. That was his Oh, song. shit. That was him. Yeah. So he went, down, looking for it he, on went YouTube. To, he went down to the beach, and he was like, he wanted to talk. I can't remember any of the other quotes, but whatever. Here you go, hon. Here you go. Hold on. I'm hooking you up. He went down. I it looks like he mostly this. made music. He went back down to the beach and saw Kiki. That was it. And he was like, "Hey, girl." Wait, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. How do you the not video know? I just linked. How do you not know? Whatever. What? What is it? It's Liam Lynch's music video. She's all like, and I'm like, whatever. I used to love this stupid video. United States. I've never even heard of this before. Hot mic, Matt. Hot mic. Hello, how's it going? Jesus Christ, back off a bit. No, I'm don't literally eat it. on it. I am don't eating eat it. it. <laughs> you can't stop me. I'll eat it. That <laughs> 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 delighted me way too much. <laughs> You're gross eating, Matt. <laughs> 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 like Pee Wee Herman talks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Trash Break Ratio. <laughs> it's episode nine. I'm your host, Jackson Tyler. That laughing person is Destiny Sedevon. The person Hello. making the noise is me and also Matthew Marco. It's the Ides of giving the government all my money. Accurate. The person not engaging with this particular bullshit is Kyle Turner. Say hi. Hi, hi. Hi, what's going on, Kyle? How how are you? I'm okay. I'm I, I it's been a rough day, but I'm okay. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's snowing here. Is it that rough there? It is uh there's some drizzle. The weather isn't great. It's starting to warm up a little bit, but I finally dressed weather appropriate today in that I wore seven layers. <laughs> no, that's a joke. I wore four layers. <laughs> <laughs> It's been boiling over here, like, to the point where I can't go outside because it's too hot. Tomorrow there's, like, an asthmatic warning for pollution and heat and just, just... They just said, stay inside, Jackson. That was the warning. That sounds terrible. 
I know. It's bad for me because I like it when it's cold because I can go out and get a nice drink from the coffee shop, whatever. Warms me up. I don't, I don't like... Cooling down is not as enjoyable as warming up. This is my hot take. Please read my think piece. You could go get a hot drink or whatever. I hate a why, why Why? have think pieces when we could have twink pieces? Hey, I like it. Oh, let's go back to the dumb music. <laughs> <laughs> this is my twink piece of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I sent an email off to my editor and I was like, what about twink pieces? And he was like, eh, whatever. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I should actually pitch that to Out Magazine or something. Oh, or they'd Vice. say yes. <laughs> Are you a twink, Kyle? I don't actually know the exact definition. <clears throat> Um, is that twinks, an offensive question? No, 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 not at all. Um, twinks are, um, I guess, anthropologically speaking, they tend to be skinny, hairless, boyish, um, kind of cherubic, towing that line between jail bait and not jail bait, I guess. Not quite a girl, not quite a woman, not yet a woman. Yeah, but closer to girl than a woman. Right. And closer to boy than, than man. And, yeah. And they also tend to be Caucasian, but. Teenage white into not, no kink. In, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Says Urban Dictionary. Yep. Yep. Um, they are often characterized as really stupid. There's a really interesting paradox, um, that this Vice article that was on Twinks didn't actually explore. They just kind of mentioned it in a paragraph where, they're desirable, but also easily dismissed. And I, I was kind of frustrated because it doesn't really examine the connotations of what what that actually means. Because um, they're stupid, easily in. So in my, I, admittedly, not an expert, but in my experience, all the twinks that I have met have been kind of bubbly and flirtatious yeah. and mm-hmm. flighty. In a way that, that you, but like in a way that you would absolutely describe as like overtly feminine. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, often effeminate. The idea that they are easily dismissed or, like, shallow or stupid, I think, speaks yeah. to the broader misogyny yeah. gay community. Oh, totally. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Totally. Urban Dictionary says that they're the male answer to the bimbo cheerleader. That's that's an interesting comparison, and I would agree with that. And I think... In, in, in terms of how they're characterized. In terms of how oh, they're yeah. characterized. And I'm not saying I endorse, uh, you know, twinkitude. Or dismissing Twinkitude, I guess I should say. Oh, you can say it twice. I, I think there there's certainly a possibility of embracing it because I've embraced it because I think it's funny. Um, uh, I think the one thing that that makes my experience different is because uh, I'm Asian American. Um, is that there's Twinks are already thought of as submissive, and Asians, regardless of gender, are thought of as submissive. So. Paired that those two together, and everyone just expects me to do things for them that I'm Kyle, inclined to do. Kyle, yes? do yes? a podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the movie podcast where you learn about gay subcultures. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Trash Spect Ratio. It's oh, April, yeah. and I'm Destiny, <laughs> and this is your host, Jack. We should have. Hi. We should have saved doing... this for June. We should have saved this for June. Today we're watching. <laughs> I don't know what's a. Kyle, you have to say this. You have to say the first gay movie that comes to your head. Go. Weekend. Andrew Haig. 
2011. I mean, I know that you have every single one in your head. I just wanted to know which one happened to be there at that exact that, moment. That's my answer, too, to be fair. I thought of Weekend first. <laughs> I was, uh, trying to think there... No, go on. I was going to say, mine was The Incredibly True Adventures of Two Girls in Love. Nice. Because, of course, it was. Well, that was Twink Minute. Good job, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's a new segment we're trying out. Has, has, has anyone, anyone watched any films? I know they're bad and no one likes them, but... I watched WrestleMania 31. Is that a movie? Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> it had a trailer for Terminator Genesis in it, so I guess it counts, right? All right, let's do this, then. Let's fucking talk no, about WrestleMania. we should not do this. Actually... Where else? Jackson, you've never watched wrestling before. No, this is the only wrestling show I have. No, I watched The Raw the night after. So speaking of gay subcultures, Mm -hmm. tell me about your first experience with WrestleMania. It was amazing. And I'm sure this is because it was a particularly good WrestleMania. It was a pretty good WrestleMania. (laughs) As WrestleManias go. (laughs) But... Like, wrestling as this form of functional storytelling is super, like, it was really interesting to watch. Like, you root for the people you want to root for, and you don't want the shitty guys to win, and they have that down. They've been doing this for hundreds of years. Well, almost. A hundred years. A hundred years, yeah. This was, you you always say that it's like this, this like, biggest remnant of Carney tradition. (laughs) that is still blowing up and that that works and i'm like in the first fight when hollywood uh like there's an actor called the miz but he has a stunt double who he orders around and is uh like does all his bidding called Ms. Dow, and he finally stands up to his uh bully by and the the own the thing is like there's a lot of stories but the only actions that can be done in the stories are punch guy or throw guy out of ring or you can uh, yell at them. Or yell. Or, like, yep. uh, exaggerated head gestures, because half the time there's no mics on them. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's, uh, if you want to understand how to do legitimate, like, really foundational, simple, silent storytelling, you should actually watch a couple yeah, of wrestling it's, matches. It's, it's, it's athletic pantomime. Exactly. And then there were certain fights that would just... And I'm assuming wrestling can't be like this all the time because this is too much money, but complete like dives into fan wank history bullshit and nonsense happening every five seconds, and also he's wearing a Terminator throne on his face. <laughs> no, that's that's only for WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and then like three old guys and you know one of them are fighting three other old guys and you know one of them. I knew all of them. Yes, you knew all of them. I knew Hulk Hogan and uh, who was the other one? Steve Austin, no. Steve Austin. Who was the one of Steve Steve something? I don't know. They're all called Steve. There was no Steve. (laughs) (laughs) They were all called Steve. (laughs) WrestleMania 50. Uh, but it was great. I had a great time. I thought the final, the, the ending was fucking perfect. Be- yeah. Everyone goes be- home happy. Yeah, because of how much everyone thought it was going to be garbage going in. Uh, and the best part about it, that like that ending, was that they actually almost pulled off earning the bullshit thing that no one wanted them to do, and then did a cool thing anyway. 
So everyone, yep. like, the last ten minutes were super fun. But, I don't know, that's my description of wrestling for the first time. It's dumb and ridiculous. It's great. This is accurate. Would you say I just wanted to know. You just wanted to know. Uh, would you say it's pretty much whatever? <laughs> no, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> it's relevant. No. Did we even... Oh, well, never no. mind. The we last... not... The last movie that I watched, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the last movie that I watched was um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, which was made in oh, I want to say nineteen eighty two. Yes, nineteen eighty two. Um, it was directed by I think David Miner, and it. Steve Miner, excuse me, Steve Miner, and it is the story of a bunch of uh, kids who ignore that Camp Crystal Lake has a death curse. And do that. uh, But they did. The guy who would tell them that it had a death curse was dead. He'd been killed last movie. Rest in peace, my brother. Surely that's a sign that the death curse is probably real. Yeah, you'd think. This was uh, filmed in 3D, and it also is the first film where Jason gets his iconic uh, hockey mask. Oh, he's just in the bag in part two, isn't he? Yep. yep. Yeah. And his mommy is... I know his the... mom's part one. His mommy. <laughs> his Xavier Dolan's mommy <laughs> was the first killer in the first film. Sorry for the spoilers. But yeah, this one was a lot better than the second one, because it actually you know, had some artistry to it. The scares actually move. There's a fluidity. The 3D is very uh, cheesy and wonderful. There's a lot of crossbow shots. There's a part in this film where the camera just focuses on a girl's bum for a good, what is that, what, two minutes, Matt? It's not that long. <laughs> it's it's long enough. So it's you not could, that long. You like, could be like, in the realm, <laughs> In the realm to, like, nuns to Megan Fox and Transformers, it's, yeah. like, firmly in the middle. Okay, all right. I was just thinking of the opening shot of Transformers 3. Like, gross. Yeah. Um, I am less positive on this third movie than Destiny. I, like, it's okay. They've gotten to the point where, like, the actual gags where people are getting murdered are fun. But they're still in this weird space where Jason has his hockey mask and he wields a giant knife at some point, but he's still just a guy. And... Until he becomes, like, a monster lich man, I am not really interested in watching this guy kind of run around and attack people. Like, he's still, like, running and being hurt and doing things that Jason shouldn't do, in my mind. Like, what he is to me was informed entirely by later movies where he's just this unstoppable undead force. I'm excited for that. What if you had a double bill of Friday the 13th and Jason X? We're going to get to Jason X, don't you worry. No, I mean, what if that was all you showed someone? <laughs> oh, I think they would, I think they'd still like Jason X, but I don't think they'd understand the spirit in which it was made. <laughs> would it be a weird jump from this one to Jason X because Jason is going no, to be No, this it? would make more sense. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I forgot. By being Sorry. more disconnected, the first one to Jason X would be just like, oh, these are two different movies. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that my favorite yo-yo gag in the film is the most innocent 
it is yeah. a guy, or excuse me, my favorite 3D gag is a guy oh, playing okay. yo yo. <laughs> uh, he's just playing with a yo yo into the camera, and I just love that they make this horror movie, hype it up being in 3D, and then the big 3D moments have nothing to do with actual horror or Jason. They're like yo yos and a mop <laughs> and a butt. <laughs> I mean, there is that time where that lady's eye flies out, Evil Dead 2 style, towards the camera. So It's (laughs) It's like one of the few moments. One of the few. That's cool. This is a cool one. What about you, Kyle? Pick one of the thousand movies you have watched. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the last film I watched was so unfortunate and terrible. Um, It was a screener of a film called Helicopter Mom. And it's with Mia Vardalos, or that's how you say your name. Yeah, right? I think so. She was, she was in my Big Fat Creek wedding. And it's about this overprotective mother who outs her son, who is not, who does not identify as queer, as gay to the entire student body as a way to get a scholarship. And I just found this, I mean, I find the concept inherently offensive, but it is just awful and and awful and awful i i i have nary the ability to discuss how bad it is there's <clears throat> ostensibly it's supposed to be kind of satirizing the fact that um once he does come out all these students and their parents are acting so close-minded and presenting these stereotypes and whatnot but it doesn't actually work as satire because it's not commenting on anything. On anything, it is just serving these stereotypes on a platter, expecting the audience to automatically get the context, and it's no subversion or anything. It just feels very cowardly because it doesn't ever broach the idea of it broaches the idea of fluidity like once, but it doesn't actually feel brave enough to really examine it and examine the context. Um, with which this particular character is kind of coming into his own. Um, it doesn't talk about labels and their importance or, or the fact that they are essentially a double-edged sword for some people. It, it is just a very cowardly film. It doesn't, uh, I hated it so much. I hated it. <laughs> did you, hated it. did you watch this like to review it? Yeah, I watched it to review it. And initially, okay. like, initially it was probably only going to be a 300 word review and it turned into like a thousand. Because of how much I hated it. And I had never heard of the term t- helicopter mom before, um, or helicopter parent until watching this film wherein I googled it. But it is just so cruel. Like, the mother is kind of misogynistically illustrated as this woman who is unable to let her son go because she, because he is a fill-in for the lack of man in her life. And she's oblivious to any of the actions she makes and how they affect her son's life. So she comes off as very repugnant and unlikable without any complexity. And I hated this so much. And it's not funny. And it's they, it takes place in Venice Beach. So the fact that the entire student body is like shocked that they have their first openly queer student doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> Venice Beach. <laughs> Venice Beach, California. <laughs> And I, <laughs> this this is this movie sounds terrible. All the signs were on the wall. You, should, uh, you poor man, Kyle. They should stop sending you absolutely the worst gay movies to review. 
because <laughs> it's just hurting you. Yeah. That sounds unfortunate. I'm surprised you didn't come across any twink pieces about helicopter moms, because that was a really popular... <laughs> oh movie. my god, that wasn't on the podcast. You can't be <laughs> referencing this. Uh, it, 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 it is. Is it really? It, it, yeah. well, it will be. It, it, I'm pretty right. sure that means well, I think Well, I think tribalism is interesting, so I, I think it's sort of relevant. I just remember that being a big, like parents of millennials are too close to them and i could totally see somebody taking that buzz Ooh, yeah well, buzz when you were making when you, it uh, to a... oh so you got definitely oh, i was just gonna say uh just making it like this taking this buzzword and making it into a really bad movie doesn't surprise me mm-hmm. well, that's what, all i was gonna say i mean what bothers me besides it's it's cowardice and it's offensive quality um like, the stereotypes are really obvious. Well, I, I will get to what offended me, I guess, later. But one, in one scene, um, the mother sets up a gay dating profile for her son without his knowledge and sets him up on a date without his knowledge. And his date is this incredibly effeminate twink, basically. He's shallow. Um, he uses the word drama in the way that he describes himself. He says he's low maintenance. It's just stereotype after stereotype, and we're just supposed to laugh at him. He's only what? served there as as something to laugh at, and it's cruel and stupid and a headache. What audience do you think they had in mind for a film like this? I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, even GBF, which I don't think is a very great movie, but I think at least tries to deconstruct this archetype of the gay best friend and tries to under It makes a solid attempt of trying to understand what the appeal is to that archetype's existence in society and um, as uh, an archetype in media. This doesn't do anything, and it's also offensive because it's not even bad funny. It's just bad. It's just very frustrating and kind of malicious and mean-spirited. Not cool. Sounds bad. I should... uh, Oy vey, my mom is a helicopter. <laughs> That's just oh. for destiny. <laughs> we should we should it's relevant. We should probably talk about that movie. We came across a movie, Kyle, called Oyve My Son is Gay. Yep. Is it and, real that called that? There's a movie yes. yeah, we saw the title on iTunes, Oyve My Son is Gay, and we had to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> and it's exactly what you think on every single level. It, it is exactly yes, what you literally. think. Literally. See if you can guess the plot. Is is it a Jewish mother? Yes. Yep. Who discovers her son is gay? Yes. Yep. And then sets him up with doctors? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He has a beard. Isn't that he has a beard? Isn't that the plot? I think there's something about that. Yeah, it's it's the worst. It it just plays on all the bad stereotypes. When you were talking about it, it reminded me of that. So I'm glad that Jackson brought it up. Yeah. So are we not going to watch that for the next episode? <laughs> well, it is my pick this month, so maybe we'll see. <laughs> if you're good. <laughs> Lainey Kazan. Bruce Valanche. <laughs> oh, God. Oy vey, even. <laughs> Oy vey, yeah, exactly. Well, the, when you were talking about Helicopter Mom, I was like, the, the thing that annoyed me was like the concepts of... like Stuff you described seemed like really interesting and fertile ground for a, a thing, like overprotective parents and people doing 
like uh, uh, like parents overstepping their boundaries and these relationships getting complicated. But then the actual plot isn't that. It's just and then she makes a profile for her son, and he's not actually gay. Whoa! And it's like yeah, just ah, oh, that's disappointing. There, are, another upsetting thing about this movie, I could re- actually talk about it for a long time because of how bad it is, is <laughs> <laughs> there there are moments where you where there's a, an attempt of of some transparency or some nuance it's totally undercut by the next scene like uh jason dolly the main character has a conversation with with his dad about the fact that he's basically questioning and it, it those scenes last for a very short amount of time in comparison to the rest of the film and uh, ugh, uh, yes that sounds pretty bad my favorite overprotective parent movie, for the record, is Dogtooth. Heyo, heyo. I'm trying to think of my favorite overprotective parent thing. It's it's probably. Yes, uh, I was I was gonna say it, but uh, I won't because I I feel bad. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's the Donna season of Doctor Who. Oh, mine well. is probably uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I need to watch Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. I never saw it because I was I went to put it in and my disc broke, so I watched Dog Day Afternoon instead. So I had a <laughs> actually day. maybe not the right answer, but it's the that's one a, I thought of. That's a great queer film. What Indiana Jones and Last Crusade? No, no, Dog Day Afternoon. I fucking oh. love Dog Day Afternoon. I had no I've idea what it is. I've never seen it. And I put it in. I don't think I've seen it either. I put it in like on a, when my mind had been expecting like. Also, the day I've been like, oh, I'll go home and watch Indiana Jones later. When it didn't work, I was like, oh, here's the nearest DVD I have. Put it in and was just blown away. IGN.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, it was, it was amazing. I like couldn't look away because of the... I don't want to spoil it for you, so... You should you should go watch Dog Day Afternoon. That's got John Casel in it. Mm-hmm. He only he- made five movies... And uh, it is, he was. It is oh, his movie. This is his movie. Like, yeah, he, well, as I would say, every single one he was in was nominated for a Best Picture <laughs> award, and then he died. Yeah. Oh darn. Yeah, he, he. That was his second to last film. He did The Deer Hunter next, and then he passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, Al Pacino is the lead character, and he's doing like the big performance. But at every single scene, he just comes in and steals it <laughs> by being the best. <laughs> Is it like a sensitive, like the stuff that it talks about? Like, is it sensitive about the gender stuff? Because I was always kind of afraid to see it because of like their movie. I Go watched on. it a few years ago, so I won't be. I wouldn't be as aware to it as I would be now. But I remember it being fairly respectful. I watched it last summer for a piece that I did for Ben, and I would say that for a seventies film, it is progressive i'll put it that way i don't think it's i don't think it's inherently offensive um it is much better than i expected it to be in terms of handling that and i i i think what's interesting is that they don't really make it a big deal yeah it just kind of it's there it's it's there they it's it's there um and it's, it doesn't really change, it, like, none of the characters change in the, change their perception of Al Pacino's character. Yeah, okay. like, that's what I liked about it was the, the, 
film like goes on for the first 45 minutes just happening and then you find out about his like the history and why he's doing this because the first 45 minutes is just the heist and then they start finding more about him and when the information is revealed it's not like a big twist or anything it's just oh here's mm. this guy and i i like the matter of factness to the way it presents presented everything yeah it's not crying game <laughs> no yeah God, that no. movie is an embarrassment Yeah, I I didn't see that. The movie I saw recently was Fast and Furious 7, but I don't know how much I'm going to talk about that because you two, alas, did not get to see it last weekend. It's really good. You'll have a good time. I'm very excited. Yeah, pretty hype. Should all Everyone should be watching the Fast and Furious series. Uh, let me think. Oh, uh, would I go so far to say they're probably it's the best franchise going at the moment in terms of big blockbuster franchises? Where, what's the competition? Exactly, that's what I'm. Th- <laughs> yeah, I would go so far to say that then because fucking, what's the competition? That's a good point. Yeah, like Mission Impossible, no. <laughs> Mission Impossible's good, but it doesn't have the diversity or the bombast. Uh, what Mission Impossible has is the diversity in, like, uh, each one of those films is completely different. Sure, but, like, putting people of diverse peoples on screen, nope. you know? Nope. Yeah, I know. Like, it's Tom Cruise Power Hour, and that's fine, I guess, but mm-hmm. it's, you know... It's yeah, I'm, I'm trying... Yeah, okay, yeah. Fast and Furious 7 is the best in the blockbuster franchises by a long shot, apparently. <laughs> I mean... And Fast and Furious 7 continues the trend of being the best. Now, on a scale from, let's say, fast, too fast, too furious, to you stop it. <laughs> oh, oh, a Tokyo Drift. Where, where would you put this film? I'm kidding. I don't like Tokyo Drift that much. Uh, okay, should I? I'm gonna, I'm gonna rank the Fast and Furious, and Matt will judge my ranking by the. I side really want to see the new one. You need to see all of them. Uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, like, there's, there's no point. If you're not gonna see the new one, just don't see it. But if there's no point doing it by half, because they are this, this really, it's a really intricate series of continuity and character relationships and things that. If also, yeah, I was gonna say they're all prequels to Tokyo Drift, technically, and so well, not yeah, anymore. Well, not anymore, but not yeah, anymore, they're, they're, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's the worst one? I would say, okay, in my head, the worst one is probably Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Uh, then, then it's The Fast and the Furious. That's the right answer. Because that's not very good. There's the bit, there's like five minutes where Paul Walker and Vin Diesel drive ah. and do nothing oh. except look no, into each other's never eyes. mind. I changed, I thought you meant the other one, the nope. other bad one. The Fast and the Furious comes up. Then, then is Fast and Furious the Fast one. and Furious is the worst movie. I like series. that one. I don't know why. It's, it begins it's terrible. with it's terrible. Paul Walker in a suit of the FBI running through buildings and jumping out that of windows. That part's good. Vin oh. Diesel getting Jedi car crash powers is good. The rest of it is garbage. <laughs> You're not wrong, but those high points are pretty high. Also, I, I, Justin Lin's direction makes the badness like more watchable. Nope, that's his one miss. Is it? Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> uh, then what comes next? Uh, Fast and Furious Six, probably. Yeah. You think this movie's better than Six? Mm, is it better than Six? It's it's on a p- parallel, I guess. Okay. 
That's all I need to know. I'd put them in the same... Three and five are definitely still the ones you want. Yeah. And I don't think anything... Nothing will beat three for its strange coming out of nowhere-ness and earnestness to the car nonsense and also all the... <laughs> Japan High school nonsense. Japan movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So nothing will be and nothing will be Fast Five for just being a really efficient heist blockbuster. Uh, the at this point there are you don't the best actually, heist film since Ocean's Twelve. Accurate. Ac- mm, I really like the bank job. No, come on, no, don't. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. No. Yes. Sorry, I'm being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you really That's down. my job. How dare you take it from me, Jackson? Fast and Furious, Fast Five has one of my favorite music cues in anything ever, which is the music that plays at the end when they're all winning. It's the best. Yeah. Can Can I ask a question, or uh, are you still away. ranking? No, I, we're done. We're done. Um, how did you? I I know this happened because people kept telling me about it. But how do you feel about the honor to Paul Walker that was done in? At the end, do you think it is? Was I have good not seen or? this yet. I'm not going to talk about that. I, okay. I think it's good. I think the film as a whole works and is a. It, it's exactly what people. It's the Fast and Furious movie and a tribute to Paul Walker, and it works as both. Like, okay, that's fair. Uh, what about the tribute to Han? Okay, you'll be sorely <laughs> disappointed. Holland. Han. Han. You'll be Solo? sorely disappointed. Don't you'll you'll find out. When you watch like four of these movies, <laughs> you'll be disappointed in that he doesn't even show up on screen. Oh no! Wait, the zooms on his picture at the funeral. Oh, but that's that it. So sad, Han, Han. Oh Han, oh Han. And th- there totally was space for a scene of like them actually saying goodbye to him as he goes to Japan, but then they don't put it in. Jeez. I know. There's no Han. I'm so upset right now. The lack of Han really does hurt it. Also, was, oh. uh, Tyrese is just the only comic character now. He's just being an idiot the whole movie, and every single other character in the whole world is shitting on him. Is Ludacris not in this? Uh, Ludacris is in this. Yeah, Ludacris is in this. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't he funny? I don't know. I'm asking too no, many questions. He, he, going to see this every, tomorrow. Everyone plays the straight man uh, to Roman Pierce. Roman Pierce okay. is an idiot enough that everyone else can just look at him and go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, it's good fun. Anyway, it's that's nice. films. Good film discussion, guys. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> 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 I think it's time to move on to the movie club this week. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it was my choice. I was about to hand it off to someone, but no, I, this is me. I've got to introduce it. Hand it off to you. Hand it off to me. Jackson, what did you think about this? Well, thanks for asking. I chose the Tenacious D movie from 2006, Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, because... Uh, I wanted to watch it again. I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Well, eight years. But it, I'd remembered it being this, like, it was a thing that was popular for teenagers at the time, kind of. The songs were at least. Everyone knew the songs. Uh, well, the last song and the first song at least. Uh, and, and Tenacious D albums were still being shared around at that point. That wasn't 
and died off a couple years later. Uh, but I wanted to actually visit it and see if it was a good movie or not because people hated it at the time, didn't review or like perform well, uh, and I wanted to go check it out. So that's what we watched. Who wants to jump in first with their hot, tenacious D, the pick of destiny opinions? Me, I will jump in. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was fine. I I got a kick out of some of the lyrics, but it's generally speaking not my sense of humor. Not not my style of humor. Um, which is perfectly fine. I thought it was competent. Um, I, I was just I don't know if it's something wrong in me, but there was just a disconnect for me and what the film was trying to go for. Like I I never was really into I guess the 90s trash it's trying to pay homage to but i don't begrudge it by any means um it was just it was just fine for me although i did like the origin story song at the beginning the origin story song is pretty amazing featuring maybe the best actor of all time whoever they got to play whoever they got to play jack black as a kid oh (laughs) (laughs) i mean some of it was intermittently entertaining some of it was like gross out humor that i'm not really into but Generally speaking, that those are my thoughts. Yeah, fine. It's mm-hmm. cool. What, is, what is, do you guys think, Matt Destiny? Oh well, this uh, had you seen this before, Matt? No, I had seen. Okay, so I generally enjoy Tenacious, Tenacious D as like a comedy music duo. Like I've watched their videos, and like while I'm not really into metal, I'm into their brand of making fun of metal. Um, but I'd seen the Beelzebub's like final sequence on YouTube many, many times. Yep. So to me, that that movie was like this Bill and Ted's bogus journey romp through like magic and Satanism and like this like arcane landscape that would have fit in with kind of what their music's about. Like I expected way more high fantasy stuff. Um, kind of in. Like the same way of like as these the movies that came in like the aughts like the later aughts would have been like what was that movie about like the oh my god I'm never gonna think of the name of it what was the, what is it about it had it had Natalie Portman and Chainmail Bikini in the trailer that oh, weird D and D movie, movie. yes oh, yeah. your uh, highness. Yes. Your Highness. Yeah. I for some reason I thought that this movie would be more like that. Bill and Ted is the one I would go to for like. Or Bill and yeah. Ted's Book of Journey, but somewhere in between the two, because the Tenacious D aesthetic is way closer to something like Your Highness. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, and what it is instead is like this really sweet, kind of more like arch version of uh, Wayne's World, mm-hmm. and just like these dudes trying to make this band work, even though they both kind of suck. And I liked the the intimate nature of that kind of story. That it's most of the movie is just them in this shitty apartment trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Wayne's World, so that is very much missed on me. You should watch Wayne's World. It's pretty good. It's really great. Um. Okay. So I have vague memories of watching the um, TV show on HBO, which was I think in the early aughts that that aired. It was. Uh, created like they created it with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. So there's a lot of like weird Mr. Show crossover in the humor and you can totally see that in the movie. And I also liked that like yes, 
their lyrics are these grandiose, uh, delusional love letters to, like, all the things that make metal metal. But, like, everything is just so low budget and crappy and they're not very good and they just don't see it. And that was, like, the main thread of the show and also the main thread of the movie. And I'm glad that they never really lost sight of what, like, after all this time, that show hasn't been on, like, I think the show had been over about five or six years uh, before they made, or excuse me, after they made the movie. Um... So, yeah, just the fact that they didn't lose sight of the Tenacious D, like, almost the look, the aesthetic of it, it was really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. It, I didn't expect it to... I did expect it to go bigger, like Matt said, but the fact that it didn't was very true to uh, their very nature. Yeah, also, they, I don't think they had the money to go bigger. <laughs> right, exactly. Like... like Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liam Lynch. I'm rather. Oh, sorry. No, oh. I just said Liam Lynch. That's all I said. That's all I wanted oh. to say. <laughs> I'm I'm rather impressed with uh, Jack Black's musical abilities. I I'd already seen School of Rock, and but I think this is uh, very interesting as far as his uh, discography or his musical capabilities. His oeuvre. His oeuvre. I mean, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> 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 I always pronounce it. Oh, I always pronounce it. No, over. it's entirely because Destiny's making reference to a different podcast. No, which is not nice. but literally, literally, that word is goofy to me. And people trying to say it who aren't French always sound kind of awkward because nobody really knows how to say it correctly. Anyway. Anyway, the point... I'm behind on my Badland Girls. I need to catch up. Yes, please. Badlandgirls.com. What is the surprise plug zone? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Jackson. You guys, like, what's your opinion on Jack Black? Like, do you guys like him? He's great. I, uh, am... He's in bad movies, but Jack Black has been Jack Black since the beginning of time and will continue to be Jack Black. I like him, too. I, I so for the most part I'm a fan of his oeuvre. And, uh, he's, yeah, I, like I think him. out of most comedian movie stars I probably like him the most even though I don't necessarily like the movies that he's in because I think unlike someone like Will Ferrell or name another comedian for me uh, um, Ben like Stiller Dane Cook comedic actors you mean or actual comedians Comedic actor, I guess. Seth, 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 yeah, Seth unlike, Rogen. Yeah, unlike Will them, Ferrell. I unlike them, I think there's a genuine sense of affability and genial, just good-heartedness, that, that, which I appreciate, which I can kind of get on board with, even if I don't necessarily like the movie at hand. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Um... So I appreciate that because I hate Seth Rogen. I hate him deep down in my soul to the fire. Because I just think he's annoying. I don't think that his his kind of broy slacker humor is funny at all. I think that just so fucking annoying. 
I get that. No, I I totally respect that point of view. I just, he's not someone I love. I'm not saying I'm like queen of the fan club, but Pineapple Express is a very important movie to me. I have not seen that. Um, Very important. Somewhat ironically, my sister um, dated someone who laughed and sounded exactly like Seth Rogen, and I hated him. So... (laughs) That's the laugh. Yep, that's the Seth Rogen laugh. Thank you, I'm an impressionist. (laughs) I also think Jack Black is more versatile. Um, He's in, like, he's in Bernie, School Rock. Um, I loved him in The Holiday. I love him in Margot at the Wedding. I I like Will Ferrell in stuff like Stranger Than Fiction and Everything Must Go, but I don't like him in comedies. Like, I don't particularly care for Anchorman. Um, uh, What's that racing movie he's in? Oh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. I don't particularly like. See, I liked him on Saturday Night Live. So, like, only seeing him as a serious actor is really weird to me. Well, I I like Will Ferrell a lot. I think he's super funny. But I think what Carl's talking about is that Jack Black is one of the only one of uh, that like the frat pack bunch who has the like movie star charisma to him. Because mm-hmm. most of their humor is like based in this awkwardness. And, it's very and, immature. Yeah, Whereas, it's baby men, which I which I can't stand. Oh, sure, but no one's defending it. No, yeah, no, I'm not defending it, but like, that's what it is. But Jack Black is one of the few people who he can just be on a stage and you'll watch him because he has charisma for days, has the most energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. You know, it's the 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 rock factor that everyone yeah, wants like, in life. Like like um at the Oscars, he was on stage for like five seconds, and that in itself was the second most entertaining of the in- thing of the entire telecast, which I had to sit through. Not a high bar. Masochist. What what was I, what was more entertaining in the Oscars? Lady Gaga. Oh sure. Yeah. Did but you guys see Tropic? Oh sorry. I saw Tropic Thunder. I saw Tropic Trop- Thunder as well, which I love. The- that's one I of my think favorite. I'm the only person on Earth who hasn't seen Tropic Thunder. You so. should probably I'll, watch I'll bring Tropic my Thunder. DVD over next time we hang out. We'll watch it. Oh, you should. You'd have a great. You would love Tropic Thunder, Matt. Would it's I? It's great. Oh, it's... no. Maybe. You like the cable guy, so I think <laughs> yes, you'd you like, like the cable guy, yeah. It's Ben Stiller. Okay. Sure. Ben Stiller but... directing, usually pretty great, with the exception of what was that, Walter Mitty? Walter Mitty. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe that was better. I didn't see it. I shouldn't say. But anyway. Uh no, I, I like him. You're right. He's he's got a lot of talent and he's you know, he's enthusiastic and he mm-hmm. seems smarter than he you know, his humor. And I think yeah. all those guys are smarter than their humor, in my opinion. But But I but I think there's something in Jack Black where it's transparent within the humor itself. Mm-hmm. Where I don't think it is with the rest of them. Sometimes Will Ferrell, but I think it's mostly um at, at, there's there's some sort of tempered quality in Jack Black's humor, which I appreciate. Even like there, I apologize for interrupting you. By the way, me? Yeah. Oh no no no! I you know it's okay. Skype call it's hard to get in. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's this thing that he was in called Prop Eight, the musical, which is a very which is fine. It's kind of myopic, but whatever. Um, where he plays Jesus, I think. Oh, I've seen that. It's goofy. It's good, it's like a and he's funnier dive video. When he's like Jackson said, when he's on stage, he has that kind of rock star charisma, which is really appealing. And even if you aren't necessarily into the kind of humor that he's peddling, I think his charisma alone 
uh, is enough. And I think this brings up an interesting point because I was at this really terrible um, college improv show recently, and I realized how important trust is between an audience and the performer, especially in comedy, because they could be telling really good jokes but not have gained your trust or have lost the audience's trust and it will fall flat. Or they could be telling terrible jokes, but there's such a genius, there's such a, a nice dynamic between the audience and the performer that they're able to land some really terrible jokes. Mm-hmm. So I think what I like about Jack Black is that he's able to engender that trust. Yeah, it's just it's a very inviting uh, performer. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I liked about this film is the it's. Cl- it is up there with um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back in term in this terms of like films made for people to just hang out with each other, like just oh, the excuse of people to just go to a place and film a thing about their own friendships, which is how I think of that movie and how I think of this movie. Uh, this is just Jack and Kyle hanging out. Also, they filmed it. Like, they scripted it and wrote it and everything, but this sense of their friendship comes through in every single frame, and it, give, like, imbues the movie with some, this earnestness and, like, heart that saves... Like, that's what makes the film funny when it's being ridiculous and dumb and stupid and everything, is because it's a portrait of these people's friendship. And that's also why the part where they decide to, like, where the second act disagreement and they go their separate ways part is the worst part of the movie. It's, yes, no, it's that's true. I hate that pit. It's yeah. like ten minutes where it becomes insufferable. And, and as much as I like the dumb acid trip sequence, it is not enough to salvage the fact that, like, everything that's happening in this part of the quest is boring because the friction is predictable and rote and only there because movies of this, like, archetype have to have that, and it doesn't feel earned at all for these characters. Like the moment where uh, KG comes back in the vents is pretty good, but yeah, the the ten minutes where he's at the party, the party scene is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John C. Riley uh, as Sephiroth is fine, I guess, but yeah, it's it just drags. It drags for ten minutes, and then like they get the that over Sasquatch with. Scene. The Sasquatch scene is pretty good. That's probably my least favorite song in the film. It's a reference to the show. I know. Mm. Oh no. Mm. Uh, what? What's that? Okay. Aside, I know the answer is probably going to be the first one or the last one, but ignoring those, what are people's favorite songs in the movie? It's the last one, Jackson. I said ignoring those. <laughs> it's the last one. I said ignoring those. <laughs> hey, Jackson. It's the last one. Hey. Uh, Cool, let me write that down. (laughs) I like the one that's supposed to be set to uh, Flur... 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 The the one where he does... Bark. Bark. Bark, Mozart, and... Release. That's it. I was getting that mixed up. Yeah, I was... No, he... It's... it's, The song is like a bark song. a, A bark song. It's a bark jam... Uh, Beethoven <laughs> beat. I, I got it mixed up between Fleur Delacour from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I feel bad now. Wait, what is it from Harry Potter? Just the character. Who's that? Fleur the girl Delacour. In the fourth the, movie? The oh, girl from book? the French. 
Oh, the fourth movie's fucking terrible, so no wonder I've forgotten that. That's the Have movie that got bar? me into Harry Potter. Okay, well, kid, you had terrible taste. Well, it, it was just what? like, well, so I wasn't mean. a kid, I saw it, well, one, that is I condescending, I, don't do I that. I was like, one, I wasn't a kid when I saw it, I saw it when I was like 24, uh, two, <laughs> I liked it because it was like The Breakfast Club, but at Hogwarts. Oh, well, that's why I like the sixth one. The sixth one or is- Or Pretty in Pink, I guess. Pretty in Pink is a better, it was just such a teen, <sighs> like, prom movie, and it warmed my heart. You're right, but- like, I feel like the fourth Harry Potter movie has just, it goes so deep into caring about its teen bullshit in a way that it's completely unearned, whereas the sixth movie is just, hey, here's a high school comedy, but wizards. It's good fun. This is my Harry Potter opinions. Hell I need to rewatch them all. Ah, my, the, my local train station is in one of them. There you go. <laughs> uh, Paddington? Uh, no. Wait. <laughs> it sounds British enough to me. <laughs> I don't remember the name of your train station. Oh, no, no, well, it's, it's 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 not in the books or anything. My train station—it's Surbiton, I, which uh, I find funny because, of course, Harry Potter lives around where I live. But I explain that joke would take too long. Anyway, Tenacious D. <laughs> if you if you need me to pick a song, it's going to be Master Exploder. Okay. Yes. Oh, I forgot we were doing that. Um. <sighs> Mine's probably the one where he breaks into the museum. That's pretty stupid and good. You mean break in city? Because I'm looking up the no it's name Car of the Chase city. Oh, Car Chase City and Storm the Gates. Yeah, break in city, storm the gates. The full title of that one. Is it Car Chase City? Is afterwards when they're having when they're in a car chase. Yes, no, that's the one where it becomes the video game he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty great. And when Kyle was talking about it, it's called Classico. I, Thank you. I know... I, 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 Being a teenager at the time this movie came out and everyone was uh, illegally downloading the album from... Oh, shit. What was that program that got shut down called? LimeWire. LimeWire. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, you guys are too young for Napster. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I knew you guys would have moved on. You'd have been, like, straight-up torrenting by the time LimeWire was a thing. LimeWire was a thing in my life for a very, very narrow window, but then torrenting happened. Well, LimeWire... I had yeah. SoulSeek. Oh, I c- if you want to know the song list, let me see if I yeah. can get off the top of my head, so... Well, the first one. I linked it already. Okay, hang on. No, I've, I've got this. Do it for the podcast listeners. It'll be fun. Okay, so... Kickapoo. Kickapoo. And then there's Classico. Then there's Hi- Baby? Yep. And then there's History. Eh. Or the well, History there, of Tenacious I don't know. D. There's Destiny, which I think is a skit. I'm not sure. Oh, Destiny is the, the bit that yeah, plays the where it does the thing. And then it's the History of Tenacious D. Yep. It's just called history, but history. yeah. I've said that the first time, but uh, then it's hmm. What comes to in the film? It's Master Exploder next, but I don't think that's next in the album, is it? No. Is it a skit next, or is it the government totally sucks? It's the government totally sucks. <laughs> okay, maybe good. this isn't interesting for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on. This is dumb. <laughs> I I like the. I don't know. I just I like the first song. I'm not gonna be uh, forced to pick something else. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the, the 
the whole sequence where they broke into the museum, I'd forgot. I'd forgotten how brilliantly stupid that was. It's kind of brilliantly stupid in. Like I like the guards. It is the most Mister Show the guards, thing the of guards these guards thing. that are just like gun happy, <laughs> ridiculous. And then the minute something happens, they're completely incapable of doing anything. The guards, um, but everything about the like entrapment, dance through the wires or the laser beams, and then push the button with his dick stuff was like, really gaggy in a way that I didn't think the rest of the movie was. Okay, yeah, that's true. So I true. wasn't really into it. That's like, oh, here is the bit where we do the lasers now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ah, I like... Well, I like the line in the end song where they say deactivating lasers with my dick more than the bit where he yes. has it in the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Stuff's better but left said. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite scene in this movie is the scene where they do... It's before everything starts, when they just do that mock concert in in, in, in the apartment. And the pizza guy's there. <laughs> and he's like... He's got all those like fake audience members and the the uh bottle throwing apparatus and the mm-hmm. oh my goodness they all turn into meatloaf <laughs> they do all turn into meatloaf <laughs> he would do anything for love but he won't do that he won't do that Mm-mm. oh no 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 Mm-mm-mm. he won't do that i can't give you anything but love baby that's that's a different not song not a meatloaf song <laughs> there's another meatloaf song there are other love songs? That's Paradise Under the Dashboard Lights, also known as the song that kills karaoke nights, because everybody thinks it's a great karaoke song, but really it's 17 minutes long, and therefore isn't. <laughs> do you want to do something really sad? I what? found out about that song because of Glee. Oh, that's pretty great, actually. That's how, like, I know of every song because of Rock Band. It's, yeah. we all have our touchstones. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit, when, when Meatloaf is destroying young Jack Black's room, um, there's a bit where like there's a bat hanging down from the ceiling and he just looks at it and throws it on the ground and I was like that's amazingly stupid you idiots well done <laughs> and then he goes to every Hollywood ever <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right that's good I forgot about that gag it's just dumb enough it's so good and he arrives in actual Hollywood with a children's guitar and proceeds to be attacked by the gang from the Clockwork Orange <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right! That goofy, weird uh, group of groups. Mm-hmm. It's it's very silly. Yeah, I think the uh, gig simulation scene, whatever, is the best scene in the film because the one. Well, I mean, the end scene's actually the best scene in the film, but th- that scene is the one where they finally decide we're friends now, and because of who they are and the actual, like, care for each other they have, it's one of these most heartfelt, earnest moments. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why I complain about the Act 2 stuff, because once <laughs> that scene happens, there's, like... Oh, set. Yeah. That, like, all the friction that could have existed where they bounced off each other has just happened in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've already done that, and... And it's way more honest than the, oh, I'm gonna go with these girls, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna do the mission, and, and we're apart for ten minutes. Yeah, because I don't, I don't believe, like, I don't believe either of them, you know. That It just makes Kyle's character weaker if he's just gonna fuck off for ten minutes. Exactly. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, last, I last longer than ten minutes, thank you very much. Hey-o. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. 
Whatever. <laughs> but, <damn it. laughs> but then man turns into devil and th- the devil song happens. Paul F. Tompkins turns Paul into F. Dave Grohl, who yeah. turns into the devil. <laughs> <laughs> With his uh, three bass drums drum kit. It's amazing. I love that sequence. It's so ridiculous. My maybe my favorite thing about it is that, despite the way the song is played as like this epic triumph, immediately after Tenacious D stopped playing, the devil's like, "You guys are lame." <laughs> like they don't actually beat the devil in whatever rock thing because they're still too <laughs> shitty to do that. That's a good point. And I like that the I movie just... has the self awareness. You no, know, you suck. What are you doing? You're just going. We are the D <laughs> over and over and over again. All of this was for an open mic. That's something that, like, I always, like, like keep coming back to. Like, this was an open mic. With, like, with like a really weird, like, unidentified cash prize. Like, they need to pay rent. <laughs> but the, it, the thing just says it offers money. So they're probably doing this for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think of that. And then they get the devil to pay their rent. <laughs> uh, having the devil in the movie as, like, the climatic... Uh, Showdown is probably the most 90s thing this movie could have done. I don't know why, it just felt like it. Well, Kyle, you said earlier that you're not like a fan of the 90s, like, Wayne's World stuff and everything that is, like, a homage. But I don't think it's a homage. I just think it is another one of those, but released well, in 2006. But regardless, like, regardless also, of that. The stuff with like the Bach music and then fighting the devil, which is like a you know like a Robert Johnson thing. You got to play to prove your skill against the devil. Like the history of rock music comes out of other forms of music. Yeah, and part of what Tenacious D has always done is like kind of like paid homage to that in their songs themselves. Also, in the music, it's all homage. But I mean, yeah. Like, the music I'm the music I am fine with. The music I thought was the most interesting part, and the playing against the devil is definitely the devil and Daniel Johnson. Um, but the stuff in between it, that sense of humor, just doesn't appeal to me. Like the the dick thing, pressing the button, that was stupid to me. It's pretty stupid. Like it's I say, the, fu- the, fu- <laughs> but, the funny but, part of that is when he says funny. deactivating lasers with my dick in a song. Like that's, that's a good line. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, the... the, the also, term, comedy just, is subjective. Comedy oh. is subjective. The, um, but just, like, regardless of whether it's an homage or whether it's a product of that 90s thing, it's just something that doesn't particularly... Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't saying, like, to convince you. I just wanted to oh, say okay. that I don't think it's... A, like, there are lots of things that are coming out now that are deliberately referencing the style of humor and everything that was in at that time. And, like homaging that style of filmmaking, whereas this is just, the people who were there made another one. Uh, Because, and it it, it doesn't, I I never got the sense that they were actively reaching back as like a throwback comedy. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, they just Mm -hmm. kind of, it was was an extension of what they were already doing. Exactly, yeah, is is my point. Uh, The the bit where he did, that's like, that's, that's not even a punchline, it's just and then they get the guitar pick. I'm trying to think of what are the, the good punchlines are when the fucking guy, the mysterious guy from the diner comes to confront them, and then they just run away from him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't move. 
Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Who's the cameo in that? That's uh, Tim oh, Robbins. I think so. I yeah. Tim Robbins. Yeah, it's sweet. totally Tim Robbins. Yeah. yeah. But you come over here. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, what a silly thing. What are your favorite comedies, Kyle? My favorite comedies, um, Young Frankenstein, In the Loop, um, Clue, um, Bringing Up Baby, His Girl Friday. Um Kind of, I, I gravitate towards wordy comedies, comedies that tend to play with, that are sight-based and word-based. I love a good, fast script and dialogue. Okay. So screwball stuff. Ooh, let's go around. Can I talk about some of my favorite comedies? Yes. You yeah. Can we do like that? Is that appropriate? Okay. I'm gonna I, I do, for the record, like School of Rock. So. School of Rock okay. is the best Jack White movie. I've never seen it. I'm horrible. <gasps> and also, I think, I think... The best Jack Black movie. No, I don't know what I think the best Jack Black movie. Oh no, I said I said musical. Uh, Oh, sorry, the best musical. The the of the two Jack Black musical films. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood you. Being Tenacious D. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, my favorite comedies are. I like a range of things. Like, I like Duck Soup. I like. Oh, Duck uh, Soup's so good. (laughs) Coming to America. Uh, Rushmore, The Jerk. Bananas. Mm-hmm. I uh, like all of those. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun I don't know. Like good. I'm kind of all over the place. Like I can't, I can't narrow it down to a specific thing. I remember thinking Slither was hilarious the first time I saw it. I really like Rushmore. So you're yeah. you're naming things that that I like. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so my humor. It's all over the place, though. I feel like like um. What's it? What's I'm trying to think of one you wouldn't like. Oh, I know well, one. The, uh, the, this brand of humor in Tenacious D is like the two thousand. The frat pack two uh, two thousand thing. It's like the Judd Apatow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Judd Apatow. I do not like. That's the kind of humor that I agree. I don't like him as a person, but I Forty Year Old Virgin is one of my favorite comedies, and I'm not gonna like. I know it's problematic, but I that movie makes me laugh. Well, this is still Tenacious D is problematic. Like and the the big final set piece that we love is this massive rape joke. Like, That's true. It's got a bunch of shittiness in it, uh, mm-hmm. but. I just accept that and like it's there. I'm not gonna make excuses for it. But I still love the film. Oh, and I love Buster Keaton. Oh yeah, you do. It's great. But all good people like K- him. Kyle, have you seen Goon? That's the that's of the John Apatow school. That's the Goo? one. Goon. Goon. Yeah, you should watch Goon. That's is the that one the one about hockey players? Yes. Yeah, Goon is a, Goon is fairly counts great. as a comedy. It's a beautiful <laughs> movie. I hear good things about it. I've never oh, seen it. I've Goon. never seen it. It's really good. I love Goon. <laughs> I want to hear Matt and Jackson's favorite comedies. Uh, it's Blues Brothers. The answer is always Blues Brothers. Just Blues, Blues Brothers? Nothing else? <laughs> Who needs any other movie when you have Blues Brothers Destiny? I love Blues Brothers. I mean, Brothers. I like a lot of your guys' choices, too. I, I, like, uh, I like the later um, Tramp Charlie Chaplin films. I like... Uh, like how Catherine later? Hep- like... Like past great dictator? No, like as Tramp specifically, like not his shorts. I'm specifically okay. talking about the features. Um, okay. I uh, all of Looney Tunes is what oh, I yes. like. Yeah, comedy yes. for me is always gonna stem out of that sort of stuff. Probably. Um, I really like uh, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy movies specifically. Not the uh, what's his name. 
Cary Grant? Yes, not the Cary Grant ones. Um, I don't know. Like that. You guys like space? I like, like airplane. Does anybody like Galaxy airplane? Quest? There is a part in my life where I, I could have quoted Quest. most of Airplane. So I've watched yeah. a lot of Airplane. I've seen the first half of Airplane about eight times. Never seen the second half. Airplane I is love, a I love Galaxy Quest. I'm totally indifferent to the Blues Brothers. Only good people like Galaxy Quest, I tell you. That movie's perfect. I love no, Galaxy nobody Quest. Nobody dislikes the Galaxy Quest as far as I know. Yeah, Galaxy Quest um, is great. What about Jackson? What are your favorite comedies? Oh, this, is, this is hard because I don't remember anything. I, I know I have lots. Uh, I actually found a list I made on Letterboxd because I'm uh, that nerd. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like you <laughs> cover the big points like, you know... Uh, Clue, Gags Quest. I re- I still uh, haven't watched in a few years, but I still love Clerks a bunch. Clerks is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. You didn't like Clerks? No. It's fair. Uh, it's not for everyone. It's this kind of humor again. Like, I still laugh when the girl gets knocked out of the coffin. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think Clerks has anything in common with a movie like this, Jackson. It, it has a... It's more, like, wordy. No, so. I think, like, deep down, I think Clerks exists in, like... Oh... I... Like... I think Clerks is, like, way more influenced by stuff like... Uh, like Woody Allen than it is, like, something agree, like but, this. Like, the humor is of a gross-out type a lot of the time it's not but it's not about like gags that are gross it's about talking the way that people who grew up watching a bunch of movies talk it's like it's like captures the attitude of the tarantino generation when they were shiftless teenagers i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying as to why kyle i'm like logicking why kyle might not like clerks okay or we could just ask him hey kyle why don't you like clerks (laughs) (laughs) i don't like I don't like Clerks for the reason that Jackson said that I didn't like Clerks. I don't oh, disagree. Okay. I don't disagree that it's that it's similar to Woody Allen as far as what it's trying to do with the dialogue, but the direct kind of humor that's in the dialogue is the thing that I don't care for. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that's... But I do like Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy is pretty. He's really funny. I think it's I really prefer- funny. Yeah, Chasing Amy's pretty funny. I think I prefer Dogma. It's Chasing Amy. Do, does Does Francis Ha count as a comedy? I'm disinclined to count it as a comedy. It's not funny. It's funny. I mean, it's not not funny. <laughs> I, I I would not. I don't think. I don't think I would call it a comedy, but it is a film that I very much love. Mm-hmm. I think it's a comedic film. <laughs> comedic. Yes, I don't think I would call it a comedy. I think if, <laughs> I, if we're if we're like splitting hairs and doing genre semantics, I would argue that because um, all of its narrative points are um, contingent on a dramatic um, thing happening in Francis's life, that is what disqualifies it as being a comedy. Okay. Very sad things happen to Francis and. In terms of how her narrative arc works, I don't think. I mean, I, I'm not saying that Francis Hart isn't like not a comedy or whatever, but I don't think that is a. It doesn't sound like a way to define what makes comedy because I can think of lots of hilarious films that, uh, and that I would think of as comedies that uh, their plot works on these tragic arcs. 
like Ghost World or um, oh, it's another one. I don't know, but I I can agree with that. Yeah, Don uh, Don John. Does Don John count as comedy? It's absolutely it's a comedy. Hilarious. <laughs> Are we talking about the 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 Joseph yeah. Gordon Levitt one? Yeah. Yes. I hated that. Oh, I loved that movie. Are you kidding? I did not like it. That's all right. Maybe somebody will pick it for the next movie, <laughs> and we can talk about it in great detail. Because <laughs> I, I really liked that movie. Oh, is, is this? Are we done? I think we're doing it. Are we wrapping up. We, is it happening? Is that the I, hot I tenacious D talk covered it? Yeah, I'd say so. Cool. What's the haps? Haps. Uh, nothing. The best comedy is Robot Jocks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robot Jocks is not comedy. Robot Jocks is deathly serious, Jackson. I know. Robot gladiatorial combat. It's life or death. I I love Robot Jocks. Like when I watched Robot Jocks, I was completely unsurprised at how ridiculous and enjoyable it was. I was completely thoroughly surprised at how a legitimately good movie it still manages to be. God, go watch Robot Jocks, people. That is the uptake of the tenacious D discussion. Sounds like a porno. Robot Jocks. Nope. Nope. <laughs> how does it sound like? <laughs> it sounds like if it sounds like a porno, it sounds like a really. It is badly a Stuart Gordon porno. science fiction movie from 1990. <laughs> Robot Jocks. <sighs> so what's happening next week, Destiny? Oh, month. Next. Whatever. This is hot, hon. Well. Well, wow. hmm. hmm. Have you actually picked? I, I did pick a film. Okay. I'm looking at it now. And I hold it in my hand. <laughs> it's it's a, a little movie called White Bird and a Blizzard. I have not seen ooh. it. <laughs> Why are we ooing? Because I, I'm I'm intrigued because I'm intrigued by Gregoraki. Oh, okay. No, I thought that was a sarcastic ooh, and I was about to get really defensive. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, I, Greg Araki is one of my favorite directors, and this is his most recent film, and I haven't seen it yet, and that's literally the reason I picked it. Cool. He's one of my absolute yeah. favorites. Uh, this is a more serious-looking film. Uh, he usually does really over-the-top comedies, uh, uh, kind of um, snotty and pop-culture-laden uh, queer odes to youth. But why not see a, a drama about a girl and her missing mother with uh, Shailene Woodley? Why not? Oh, I will do anything. Woodley. I will I will watch anything with Ava Green in it. I will even watch that new Sin City movie, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, she was good in that. That movie was fun. Yeah, I've heard not bad things about that new Sim City, Sim City, Sim City movie. <laughs> <laughs> that Sim City 2000 movie. <laughs> Welcome to Sim City. I like how you guys are calling it new, and it came out in like August. That's new. Are, are I thought it came out August? way further than that. I thought it no, was like yeah. three years last, ago. Last August? No, it came out August 22nd, 2014. <laughs> in my head, new is anything in the last year. Okay. No, you're fair. You're right. This movie came out around the same time. So yeah, that's why I picked it. Gregoraki has also done uh, Doom Generation, which is um, a teen apocalypse movie is what he calls that. Um, He did 
a smiley face with Anna Ferris, kind of a mediocre stoner comedy. And he did one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, The Living End, which is essentially gay Bonnie and Clyde for the AIDS generation. Nice. Well, good. Did you mention Mysterious Skin? I didn't. That's a great movie, too. That's his, uh, like, so, that's his most famous one, I think. Yeah, it is. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would say as well. I would agree with that. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Oh, so sad. Devastating. The book is really good, too. But this isn't a book podcast. Look at me. I read books. Me, peeper. Whatever. Plug time. Uh, so you can find my book club <laughs> at booksforcooks.tumblr.com. We update monthly. We're currently reading Dendera by Yuya. Do you remember that person's last name, Destiny? Uh, Yuya Sato? Yuya Sato, which is a great book about a bunch of old women getting mauled by a bear and trying to kill it. It's good. It's the it's goriest amazing. thing I've ever read, but it's really good. And I picked it. Uh, I, you can also find me on uh, Twitter, at LitRock, L-I-T-R-O-C-K. Keep the plugs I, coming. I am at BadlandGirls.com. That is my junk pul- culture podcast with Rhea Dauhauer. And if you're in the Omaha area, you can see me performing around town about three times this April. So uh, look out for that. By the time this podcast airs, I have a show tomorrow night. I'm doing the uh, the Throwback Thursday show. So go check it out. I'm going to make fun of people's baby photos. Will any of these be on YouTube? For those, uh, I, I'm not about- sure. I am not positive, but I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's my turn. Um, <laughs> my, um, you can find me on Twitter at T-Y-L-E-K-U-R-N-E-R, Tile Kerner. Um, I write around the internet and places, and you can find my collected writings at tilekerner.tumblr.com. And I also have another podcast with my friend Connor um, called Media Query, Q-U-E-E-R-Y. You can find us on iTunes where we talk about queerness and culture. We just did an episode on Mad Men and the oscillating gaze and gender, and basically we just talked to how about how much we love Mad Men. It's pretty great. I'm going to listen to that podcast episode. Yep. Um, I am Jackson. I play for the band The Oscillating Gaze. Uh, <laughs> 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 I play keyboards. Uh, we've got our new album coming soon. It's a double album. It's pretty good. Uh, no, uh, you can find some of my stuff on abnormalmapping.com, which is another podcast I do with Matt. But I'm headfuls off on Twitter. Follow me there. And by this point, when this comes out, I will have a website that if you want to find anything I've done, I'll just it'll all go there, which will be headfulsoff.com, and it'll like. Instead of having thousand places, there'll just be one. This is the internet that we live in, and Attack the Block is a great comedy. Okay, goodbye. Is that really your sign-off? No, it was, I was expecting someone to jump in and make it interesting, oh, but... No, uh, I was letting you have your moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was, there was someone was meant to go either yeah or fuck you, and that didn't happen. So. Guess what? It's your podcast. You gotta live with the things, choices you've made, Jackson. Yeah. It's like heavy rain, but 
No. I... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this coming from you of all people? <laughs> You're the last person on earth I would expect to ever drop a heavy rain reference. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. That was really good. Good timing, Kyle. Good timing. <laughs>